It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. It won't be long, and we'll see a lot of John Deere green and uh, IH, Case IH red, uh, New Holland blue. They'll all be out there in the fields, but not quite yet. Although, boy, it was tempting yesterday. Good morning, shank of the day, baby, here on Wax. It's chart time. Bob and Joe with you. Calves yesterday totaled? We're up to 40. 40, okay. So we're doing well. Boy, this is a good calving weather. Yeah, it is, except poor cows haven't rubbed off their hair, so they're yeah. awfully hot. Yeah, I know it. I know it. 89 it got yesterday. New it, record by far. It was hot yesterday. Yeah, we had uh, 82 is the old record, and that's the forecast for today, and that would be another record. But 89 around here yesterday, I don't know, I'm sure somebody... Probably down around La Crosse or some places got ninety yesterday, but man, oh man, eighty nine. That's a that's an awfully awfully warm temperature. So uh, hopefully we'll continue to have nice. You know, it's one extreme or the other. Now we're going to Sunday high eighty nine yesterday. Sunday's high is forty one, <laughs> with a chance of precipitation. They don't say chance of rain, chance of precipitation. So you know what that means. That means yucky stuff coming from the sky. There you go. You're right on it. That's for sure. So we'll talk about uh, about the weather. Mike Dandrea will join us. Also, we've got uh, grain traders looking at uh, that report earlier this week and what's going on in South America. And uh, deadline for dairy processors, American farmers buying a lot of equipment, and uh, Midwest Horse Fair. We'll talk about that. Also, we'll uh, hear a conversation about climate smart agriculture. So we got lots to do. It's a Thursday morning at Wax. And you were down, you got a little a few results from uh, sectional speaking, uh, what sectional FFA speaking contest at Osseo Fairchild? What is that? Section? Section two. That's section two. Heidi Stry is the officer from Osseo. So we'll get some of those results as well. So Lots of things going on this morning, and uh, we'll give you an update on that forecast. It's going to change, but it's still going to be pretty nice today and tomorrow. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, yesterday we set a record 89 degrees. We'll see what happens today. Our Skywarn 13 weather forecast brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. Check out the great selection of new Rams at ChilsonMotors.com. 82 and sun is the forecast for today, so you're going to like another one. Tonight down to 56, Friday partly sunny, high about 81, and then the weekend's going to cool off only 60 on Saturday with a chance of rain. Only 41 on Sunday. It takes my breath away. 41 on Sunday with a chance of precipitation, so that'll be mixed, and then Monday and Tuesday, just into the 50s. It's 65 right now. That's about the warm spot in the state, too. Down around Madison, Sun Prairie, they're only 62. Ha, ha, ha. We're warmer than them. Well, this weekend, there'll be a lot of cowboys around down at the uh, wannabe cowboys, too, down at the Midwest Horse Fair in Madison, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if you're down that way, enjoy it. If you're also down that way, stop at the University of Wisconsin, Madison, Right along, well, just off University Avenue. They take University uh, Drive around the campus there. They're Babcock Hall having the grand opening, grand reopening. It's all been redone and uh, new modern equipment. Uh, hopefully I can get down there for a little bit and see what's going on. 
Babcock Hall, really a landmark on the campus down there at Madison. It's a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's find out what's going on. NBC News Radio, I'm Tammy Trujillo. Kentucky authorities are confirming a call was made to 911 by the mother of the Louisville mass shooter as he opened fire at a downtown bank. His mother told dispatchers Monday morning that her son had a gun and was headed to the old National Bank on Main Street. She insisted he was a good kid who never hurt anyone and added that they didn't even own guns. She indicated she was on her way to the bank but was told to stay where she was because the scene was not safe by that time. Police are investigating after a second threatening letter with white powder inside was mailed to Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. The New York Post reports the letter was found in a basement mailroom on Wednesday. Preliminary tests indicate the substance is non-hazardous. Late last month, an envelope containing suspicious powder was also sent to Bragg with the same result. Bragg is leading the investigation into former President Trump's hush money case. Two House Democrats are calling for the resignation of California Senator Dianne Feinstein. California Democratic Representative Ro Khanna said on Twitter that it was time for the 89-year-old to resign and that it was obvious she could no longer fulfill her duties. Minnesota Democrat Dean Phillips agreed, calling it a dereliction of duty for her to remain in the Senate. Feinstein has been recovering from shingles away from Washington, and that stalled confirmation of President Biden's judicial appointments because of her seat on the Judiciary Committee. Two NBA teams had their seasons come to an end on the second day of the play-in tournament on Wednesday. The Bulls downed the Raptors 109-105 to send Toronto packing for the offseason. Chicago now takes on Miami Friday for the East's eighth seed. And the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Pelicans 123-118 to in New Orleans. The Thunder will now face the Minnesota Timberwolves for the eighth seed in the West on Friday. You're listening to the latest. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Yeah, I think we need term limits. I remember being in Washington, D.C. and uh, in the Capitol building for meetings and down in the basement. They got a railroad train that goes to the Capitol from, like, the uh, offices. And Strom Thurmond, the old senator from South Carolina, was there. And uh, by this time, he was well into his 90s, and they couldn't let him go anyplace by himself because they didn't think he'd get back to his office. But... uh, you know, these are the kind of people, and, you know, some of these guys, what, the guy from Iowa just got reelected, running for reelection at 86, you know, and, and now Feinstein, boy, oh boy, I don't know, it's not how long they've been in the Congress, it's the fact that, uh, hey, it's time to let somebody else run the country, but, uh, boy, it's tough. Four minutes, four and a half after five o'clock, we'll get weather and markets. Wax 104.5. And once again, taking a look at that weather forecast, which is brought to you by the good folks at Chilson Automotive Group. They've got a great selection right now of new Jeeps at ChilsonMotors.com. Won't be long. You'll be able to, well, you can do it anytime, I guess. Go out four-wheeling with your Jeep, but uh, see them all at ChilsonMotors.com. Weather forecast, man, oh man, it's going to be nice. I just say roll the windows down, but you might want to use the air conditioner again. It got 89 yesterday. That was a record. 82 today or 83, something like that's going to be the high with sunshine. 81 tomorrow, partly sunny. And then on Saturday, it looks like uh, maybe a chance of rain. 60. Sunday, 41 with a chance of precipitation. Then partly sunny as we start the new week. 50s on Monday and Tuesday. 65 on Wednesday. 
Right now, 54 in Rice Lake, Medford at 59, 61 at Wausau and Marshfield, 60 at Green Bay and Milwaukee, 62 in the Madison Sun Prairie area, and a very pleasant 65 degrees right here in Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farmer. All right, let's get at the chores. We've got markets courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. Joe, where are the livestock numbers? Choice fed beef steers are 172 to 182 with mixed at 155 to 170. Choice fed beef heifers are 172 to 180 with mixed at 116 to 170. Choice fed Holstein steers are 141 to 153 with select and silage fed steers 110 to 138. Cows are 70 to 93 with a top of 113. Bulls are 84 to 123. Butcher hogs are 41 to 76 with sows at 31 to 35. Boars are 15 to 19 and a half with shorn market lambs 140 to 150. Unshorn market lambs 145 to 170. Feeder lambs are 150 to 260. Ewes are 35 to 105. Small goats are 125 and down. Medium goats are 110 to 3 to 210. Large goats are 150 to 345, and nanny goats are 25 to 260. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures, cattle were higher, hogs were lower. April live cattle, 174.27, up $1.97. June cattle up 90 cents at 164.85. August up 72 at 163.97. October live cattle up 72 at 167.80. Feeder cattle, April 202.22 at the close. That's up 12. May at 208.57, up 75 cents. August, 225.75, up $1.40. September at 229.30, up 167. October at 231.55, up $1.80. As we said, hogs were lower. Lean hogs for April, 72.30, down 75. May hogs, 81.52, down 85. June, 87.55, that was down 30. And July at 90.27, down 47. And the Board of Trade, corn, beans, higher following the uh, USDA report on ending stocks as the traders are still digesting all the numbers. Overnight, July corn a fraction higher than yesterday's close, 628 a bushel. The oats up a fraction at 332. July wheat down 3 cents at 683. July soybeans up 8 cents overnight, 1480 a bushel. Soybean meal up $3 a ton at $460.40. Box and barrel cheese, both down three quarters of a cent. A dollar fifty-eight for the barrels, dollar seventy-eight and a quarter for the blocks. Butter up two and a half, two thirty-seven and a half. Class three higher yesterday. April up four to eighteen sixty-six. May back over eighteen dollars, eighteen twenty-four. That was up thirty-three cents. June up twenty-three at eighteen thirty-eight. July up seventeen at eighteen eighty-five, and August up fifteen at nineteen twenty-five. And that's the way the markets look this morning. Courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance, it's almost 12 minutes after 5, 65 degrees right now on our way to 82, and I think if we get there, that'll be another record. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's take a look at what's going on in some of our farm news. Jill, get us started. Well, those grain traders have spent more time trying to figure out the numbers coming from South America in this week's USDA World Agriculture Supply and Demand Report than they have been trying to figure out the U.S. crop numbers. That's because the numbers from South America are somewhat different. In Argentina, where they've been dealing with an ongoing drought, the numbers went down. The new estimates are for a corn crop that will be about 
37 million metric tons. That's down 25% from last year. And for the soybean meals of just 27 million metric tons, a crop that will be down 38% from a year ago. But in Brazil, the crops are bigger. The soybean crop in Brazil is now pegged at a record of over 5.5 billion bushels, and their corn crop coming in is about 8% more than a year ago. And they're uh, planting another crop of corn down in Brazil as we speak, and those big numbers in Brazil causing us some concern as far as export markets are concerned, not only because of the size of their crop, but also because of the strength of the dollar around the world making our products more expensive. So the Brazilian crop is pretty attractive to a lot of people, and uh, that was one of the reasons that that last report, USDA report, kept our ending stocks about the same. Uh, The exports are uh, still up in the air for the rest of this marketing year. We'll keep an eye on that. What else is going on? So today is the deadline for dairy processors, including farmstead processors, to apply for assistance grants through the Dairy Business Innovation Alliance Grant Program. The idea of the grants is to help processors bring new products and ideas to the marketplace. The program is a partnership between the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association and the Center for Dairy Research and is funded by the USDA. The program awards grants twice a year and is open to operators in 10 other states besides Wisconsin. The last round of grants went out this past December and added up to almost $2.5 million for 30 recipients. And if buying, tr- if buying trends are any indication, it looks like American farmers are expecting a pretty good year in 2023. New numbers from the Association of Equipment Manufacturers show combine sales are up 132% in February and up 47% in March versus year-earlier numbers. For the first three months of the year, manufacturers have rolled out over 1,500 combines versus the 751 sold in the first quarter of last year. Farmers also seem to want bigger, more modern tractors as sales of four-wheel drive tractors were up 106% in March as 414 of those machines sold last month versus 201 a year ago. All right, so some of the things going on in agriculture. I saw this, and this isn't any earth-shattering news, but when I looked at the numbers, I kind of really shook my head here. But the Department of Agriculture, the USDA, announced it has received the recognition for being the most improved for very large federal agencies in the Partnership for Public Services 2022 Best Places to Work Rankings. This continues USDA's path of steady improvement towards becoming a great place to work for everyone, with the department now ranked at 12th among very large agencies in the best places to work rankings. That's up from the 16th place ranking of 2020. And remember, a few years ago, there was a lot of hubbub about, uh, you know, ethnic people working for the USDA at some of the offices around the country. Uh, got a lot of a lot of attention that's for sure but these are the numbers that uh caught my attention we talked very large and corporations and and you know how many people we have working for this is just one agency 
of our federal government. And of course, this, these people obviously aren't all in Washington, D.C. You know, NRCS, FSA, you know, they're all over the country in every county in the country. So they're spread out and there's a need for a lot of people. I'm not criticizing the numbers. I'm just astounded at the numbers and I didn't realize there were that many. Now, the uh, people that did this survey sent out 86,568 USDA employees a survey invitation, and 43,332 employees did respond. That's a 4% increase from 2022, so over 50% responded, which I think is a phenomenal rate of response. But man, oh man, when you see those numbers... That's a lot of employees, 86,568. And that wasn't all the employees that uh, they have at USDA. Some are, you know, political appointees and things like that, and they're not eligible to vote in some of these things. So, wow, 86,000. I just think it's really neat to have a 50% comeback yeah, on oh, that. I do too. I that do actually too. does show that they're satisfied with their job. I know it. Just think. I know 150 people that work in the department. Well, you got about 85,000 more to find out who they are, but uh, uh, that's uh, those numbers are are big. That's for sure. All right, 19 minutes after five o'clock, uh, we're going to move on. Coming up next, we're going to hear about uh, climate smart agriculture. Right here on Wax, 65 degrees right now, 82 in sun today. Another good one. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Farmers are good stewards of the land and care about the environment. Climate smart agriculture and regenerative agriculture practices are used to determine the impact of climate change, such as soil carbon sequestration or reduction of greenhouse gas emissions. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Diane Meyerfield, Senior Outreach Specialist at UW Extension, explains the difference between these and how to achieve a good connection between resources and the allocation of them. I would say there's a huge amount of overlap between the two. Climate Smart Agriculture is specifically looking at one kind of environmental problem, and that's the greenhouse gas emissions that are destabilizing our climate. Regenerative agriculture takes a little bit of a broader view and is looking at other things as well. Neither of those terms is fully defined, but I would say in general, regenerative agriculture also worries about things like social dimensions and wildlife and water quality, but it is also very concerned about agriculture's impact on the climate. So what is the problem? I know that's kind of an open-ended question, but what is the problem? I know earlier we were talking about private ownership or air even and things like that. So what is the problem and potential solutions? Well, the problem is that our climate is changing as a result of human activity. And the big human activity is that we've been burning a lot of fossil fuels And that puts a lot of carbon dioxide in the air. And that is just making our planet in general warmer. But in specific places like in Wisconsin, the actual impacts of that have mainly been things like really intense rainfall in the spring and fall. So we've seen warming, but what we've noticed is these frequent recurrence of floods. 
Another activity, actually, that's contributed to putting too much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere has been the way we farm. The way we farm has taken carbon that is stored in the soil in natural ecosystems like prairies or forests. And because of the specifics of how soil microorganisms work, farming means they actually take that carbon out of the soil and release it into the atmosphere as CO2. So the problem is our climate is changing and the problems from that are going to get worse. The floods in Wisconsin are going to get worse. The wildfires in California are going to get worse. And so all of us have to do what we can to start bringing those greenhouse gases out of the air. The climate is not something an individual owns, right? So we have to work together on this. We have to manage a common resource. And there's some principles that people have identified for managing a common resource. And they include things like making sure that the rules you make actually have a basis in how the resource works, right? So the first thing we have to do is understand what are these gases that are destabilizing our climate and what are the activities that are emitting the gases. And for some of them, it's very easy. When you burn coal, you are taking carbon that was locked up in the Earth's crust for millions of years and you're putting in the atmosphere a CO2, which is a greenhouse gas. With agriculture, it's a much more confusing and dynamic system. So one of our challenges is figuring out exactly what we can change in agriculture to make sure that we're not contributing to the problem, but we're contributing to the solution. It's not always as sometimes it's portrayed to be the cows, gas emissions, or CO2, things like that. It's also coming down to the management decisions that farmers are making. But farmers are also very caring and very concerned about doing that. And so we're not saying it's a bad thing, you know, but these are things to be aware of. So speaking of the solutions we talked about earlier, having clear boundaries or a good connection between your resources and your allocations. Can you talk about those and explain How do you achieve that? How do you achieve a good connection between the resources that you have and allocation of them? Making sure everyone's voice is heard is really important. Because if people are left out of the decision-making process, that rule-making process, then they have no reason to try to follow the rules. So that's really critical is making sure everyone's voice is heard and making sure farmers speak up. Also, though, making sure that everyone at the table listens. This is really a negotiating process, right? We're negotiating in some ways in our climate management over who gets to keep doing what they've been doing and who has to change. And in some cases, those changes are going to cost money or going to add labor or something like that. And so this is such an important problem that it's really important that not only that we are honest when we come and make those negotiations, but that we listen to other people too. And so within agriculture, there's often a tendency for people to want to have simplistic solutions and to say that there's one system that's better or worse. And we have to have an open mind and keep looking at what the real world is telling us. So the USDA released a graph that talked about greenhouse gas emissions from agriculture specifically. And do you mind talking about what was included on that and then what you feel is potentially missing from that chart? So this chart is uh, 
based on modeling, right, based on what we know about agriculture and what we know about what causes greenhouse gas emissions. And the biggest chunk on the chart is what's called nitrous oxide emissions from cropland. And this is because nitrogen, which is an absolutely critical nutrient for plants and also a critical nutrient for people in the form of protein, has many different states. And one of its states is something called nitrous oxide, which turns out to be a really potent greenhouse gas. And so when you apply nitrogen fertilizer to your fields to make your crops grow better, some of that gets taken up by the plants, but about half of it doesn't. And some of that nitrogen that doesn't get taken up by the plants is turned into nitrous oxide by soil organisms. The next biggest chunk is the one that probably a lot of people have heard about, which is the methane from the digestive process of primarily our cattle, but also other ruminants. That is a big source, that's another big source of methane. Then after that is methane from managed manure. So that's manure that's stored in a liquid lagoon. That, because specifics about that manure storage, there are, again, microorganisms that turn the carbon in that manure into methane, which is, again, a very potent greenhouse gas. And then another very important source is the nitrous oxide emissions from rangeland and pastures, from grazed lands. And that's just because there's nitrogen in the manure from those animals. Finally, there is the energy that is used on farm for things like you know running your milking machinery and heating your greenhouse or running your farm equipment. And again, climate smart agriculture. Again, you know where all the resources are coming from and all the elements we need. Diane Mayerfield talking about climate smart agriculture. Well, talk about smart. We're going to get a smart report from over at the Livestock uh, Center over in Withy. That's uh, Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock. We're 29 minutes after 5 o'clock. Rocky's going to join us next. He'll get us caught up on what's been happening so far in the sale ring from Premier. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, let's get over to Premier Livestock in the Withy area. And, uh, Rocky, I don't know what's higher, the temperatures or the prices for cattle? I don't know. It's it's climbing and... Hope it all holds together, because it's sure showing it's going to go way up yet. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, I think the drought out west causing these guys to run a lot of cows to market uh, is coming back to haunt us right now. Not haunt us, but uh, to uh, show what what the market is. uh, What about that terrible thing in Texas? I don't know. Maybe you've already talked about that on the radio with them 18,000 cows. Yeah, I heard that story. I've got to look into it a little bit more and find out. What did you hear? Oh, I heard they lost 18,000 cows. Yeah. One one explosion there, I'm like, wow, I just wonder even what kind of impact that would even have, you know? Well, that 18,000 cows is a dent in the market, that's for sure. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure they're high-production cows. Absolutely. So we'll see how that reflects them. A lot of things affecting the markets, but uh, one thing about it, we're putting more money in the farmers' pockets here. What's been going on? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is uh, yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We sold 268 uh, head of dairy cattle with two complete herd dispersals, many loads of top reputation, uh, fresh cows, top fresh cows brought 22 to 2,800, uh, many very fancy loads averaging 23 to 2,600 average. Uh, many other decent quality cows from 15 to 2,175, lighter test on the spring and heifers today, but 
most 1400 to 1850 next week wednesday we got two herds uh two herds of tie stall cows and i mean they're very good herds of tie stall cows market recap for the week top uh, holstein fed steers 140 to 153 choice beef steers and heifers up to 166 top market cows from 95 to a dollar nine most cows 78 to 94 top market bulls a dollar five to a dollar 25 like i said uh, make sure you guys are knowing what your bull calves are worth when you're out there selling them uh most of the newborn holstein bull calves bringing 175 to 390 dollars per head on the holsteins uh beef calves from 175 to 555 dollars per head don't forget next week tuesday special feeder cattle auction bread beef cow auction we're expecting 800 to a thousand head of feeder cattle uh all the details advanced consignments and full market reports at premier livestock and auctions.com questions give us a call at premier at 715-229-2500 and that's how it shaped up bob boy i'll tell you losing eighteen thousand head of cattle on a texas dairy farm in a fire that's going to be tough to replace yeah man, it's just, uh, man how many millions of- and millions of dollars yeah, it's just kind of hard to believe there's 18,000 yeah. cows under one roof, though, yeah. isn't it? Uh, well, you know, I don't know what the structure of the farm is, if it's a dry... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to do some more investigating, but ooh, yeah. not good. Man, oh man, yeah. that's kind of scary. That had to be something to watch for the fireman yeah, yep. and the farmer himself. Wow. All right, sir, you have a good one. You too. Thank you. There Bye. it goes. That's Rocky over at Premier Livestock. And, and Jill, you did uh, Google that a little bit. Give us a, some thumbnail of what you found. Well, it's in Dimmit, Texas, and it was 18,000 cows. There was an explosion and a fire, and one person was critically injured. But they lost 18,000 head of cattle. 18,000 cows. It said the fire spread quickly through the holding pens. Wow. So, again, we'll... Uh, investigate more of that but uh, 18,000 head down in Dement, Texas. All right, we've got the news coming up on Wax. Morgan's going to join us. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. But before we do that, we've got to get over to Skywarn 13 and talk to Mike Dandria, a record holder. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How high who got 90? Because we got 89. Who got 90? I believe lacrosse did. Let me actually just verify that for sure. But I saw that they were at 88, and it yeah. was, oh, we still had some warming to go. Yeah, they hit 90. So Wow. Yep, lacrosse hit 90 at 253. All right. Boy, oh, boy. That's, <laughs> you know, and the one thing about it, we broke the record easily, didn't we? Oh, it was really easy. Yeah, our record was 82, and that was almost a 100-year record, and... Well, we blew right past that one. And yeah, I remember that day. <laughs> yeah. Was, was that when you went to prom and got your $12 tux? $12 tux. There you go. <laughs> but but, uh, uh, but it's, it's, it's been nice. It's felt good. Oh, Enjoy yeah. Enjoy it, though, because it's not going to hang on. Exactly. And as all good things must come to an end. But today we'll still have that sunshine. We'll still have the heat. And, well, our temperatures expect to break records again today as we top out into the mid-80s. Today, or excuse me, tonight, mostly clear into the mid-50s for our overnight lows. More sunshine in store for Friday, highs into the upper 70s, and then rain heads our way on Saturday. A few thunderstorms possible as well. Highs into the low 60s. Sunday into the upper 30s and low 40s, so we've got quite the cool down heading our way. Monday, we'll have just a chance at some showers into the early morning hours, but otherwise mostly sunny and highs into the upper 40s. 
We get Tuesday into the upper 50s, low 60s, but Wednesday more sunshine as well, and that'll put us back into the low 60s. Right now in Eau Claire, we have a mainly clear sky, and that's going to be the case for all day, and a temperature of 61 degrees. Ooh, feels good out there. Yeah, pretty warm, in fact. Don't even need the hoodie. I just have my suit jacket on, and even at that, I'm oh, a little man. hot. Oh, man. Throwing caution to the wind today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see Look you later. Yeah, see you later. You bet. Have a good one. Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13. Well, let's find out what's going on in the newsroom. We're about 24 minutes before 6 o'clock. Morgan McCarthy joins us. Good morning, Morgan. Hey, good morning, Bob. So yesterday, did you use sunscreen 30 or 50 as you were out enjoying the sunshine? I can tell you what I did. I ditched my boots and coat. I can, I can really? start now, there. Really? that's pretty drastic for you. I know. Ian, you know what? I didn't even put a vest on. I really just let it go with the t-shirt oh, yesterday. Oh my goodness I gracious. I can tell you though, we, uh, we're still working in the country. So of course, from plowing the driveway all winter, we have some of those higher piles, which fast and that, that's yesterday. good because you're good with higher piles yeah that's right because well you shovel you them out pile, pretty you high pile so. pretty high <laughs> i had uh, my retriever that was out and she wanted to be out because it was so nice oh, yeah, so beautiful nice. day but she basically found what was her own little homemade cooling station she was laying on that last little iceberg of snow that was hanging out in the yard and just letting the weather soak in as so many people were well, that that's good when you can get yourself a little cooling station when it's 90 degrees or Speaking close of, to it. Did you yeah. uh, take your little cooling station on wheels around, the convertible out? Oh, I always take it out for a little trip like that. I tried to find you, but I couldn't find you. Well, I was thinking since you uh, drive that around, maybe you want to take some Tootsie Rolls and throw them out. So when you do go out <laughs> in that, it's more like a one-man parade <laughs> around town, right? Get the that's kids involved. It. Honk the horn and flash the lights <laughs> and throw Tootsie Rolls. You're going to need clown shoes for that, I think. Well, I've got those on all the time. <laughs> What's going on? We're going to start with headlines that keep us in our area. Good morning. Now, here's what we're learning today. As you'll notice, flags lowered this weekend, and they'll fly that way across Wisconsin to honor Barron County's fallen police officers. Governor Evers yesterday ordered flags to fly at half-staff Saturday to honor Shatek Police Officer Emily Breedenbach and Cameron Police Officer Hunter Scheel. They were both gunned down last Saturday during a traffic stop in Barron County. A funeral will be held for both officers this Saturday in Cameron. Those details online. 715 News. Room.com. Well, with those weather conditions, of course, come the threat for wildfires. And in fact, uh, we have a sign of just how bad those fire conditions were. A state of emergency declared yesterday by Governor Evers regarding that. And meanwhile, firefighters at Fort McCoy say a wildfire closed I-94 for hours. Reports say crews were working on a controlled burn at the fort, though no one's saying exactly what started the fire. WSDOT does say heavy smoke forced them to close the interstate near Highway 27. Maybe you were part of that traffic and know that, as the website did have I-94 closed as late as 745 last. Last night and the wildfire at Fort McCoy, that was one of several that burned across the state yesterday. Well, the political stage heats up with an announcement from a familiar name to our area. She's back at it and running for re-election. Is that what we know, John? Tammy Baldwin yesterday announced her re-election bid. Baldwin won her seat twice, once in 2012 and again in 2018. She won her last race by 11 points. Democrats in the state expect another victory next year. Baldwin's announcement is not a surprise. Republicans in the state expect a number of candidates to run for the opportunity to run against her. Though nobody's announced their campaign just yet. I'm John DeMaster. And as Bob and Jill mentioned, we did set some records with that temperature yesterday. So many people that have a convertible were probably out in it. But this is no convertible. This is the Wienermobile. And now you can include it in your wedding plans. Let's catch up 
on the story. For two days, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile will become a wedding chapel in Las Vegas. This Saturday and Sunday, you can get married at the Wienermobile. They'll even pay all the expenses, the ceremony, the food, even the music. Of course, the food will be hot dog related. The music, too. Imagine being serenaded down the aisle by a whistling quartet. Even the cake will be made of hot dogs. It's free to you, but you have to sign up at OscarMeyer.com for a chance at a hot diggity dog wedding. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. I'm told that's a great way to relish your wedding. And we head it back to the barn with the biggest hot dog around. Bob Bolsold, Joe Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. You know, one of the biggest toys around when we were kids were those. Uh, Whistles. Yeah. Wienermobile whistles. Yep. Everybody, every kid had them. I, had, I got a ride in a Wienermobile when I was a kid. Did you? Yeah. See, I've never ridden in one, but I have a feeling those whistles were exactly what kept you and your siblings outside <laughs> all day, so your mom had some of her sanity left yeah. during the afternoon, uh, right? We, had a, we challenged her, that's for sure. <laughs> She's a strong uh, woman. Yeah, well, enjoy the day. Another 80-degree day. You too, my friend. Get out there and roll that convertible we'll around. get her done. Thanks, Morgan. Morgan Mac- you bet. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. Keep it at Rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're sneaking up on, what, 17 minutes before 6 o'clock. Again, 61 degrees right now in the area. Things going on as uh, we get things happening before we get to a lot of planning activity. But again, the largest three-day horse-related event in the country starts tomorrow in Madison, the 42nd Midwest Horse Fair at the Alliant Energy Center in Madison. The event will include over 30 breeds of horses, Clinicians, breed demonstrations, a rodeo. Also, they're going to have the blacksmith competition down there as well. That'll be outside under a tent. Obviously, they can't bring all with all their forges and fire and everything. They can't bring that inside a building. So that will be outside. But uh, again, it gets kind of cool walking around outside. Go stand under the tent where they got all those forges going, and they got fire happening, melting steel and bending steel. And uh, a lot of things going on. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Gates open all three days at 7 o'clock in the morning. Also, if you're not in Madison, don't forget the Babcock Hall, the dairy building down there on campus and the Ag Campus. All redone, remodeled, and they're going to show it off. I think they're going to start doing that today, but I think it's all weekend long. I'm going to hopefully sneak down there and try and get in and take a look at it. But uh, those are a couple things going on in Madison. Closer to home, Jill, what's happening? Well, you can head on over to Strump to the Mill Wheel Show Clinic. That is Saturday and Sunday, starting at 845 at Judson and Trish Brown's place in Strum. And you should reach out to them to make reservations so they... Probably pretty late, but try anyway. Yeah, you can try anyway. And they're having their dairy judging practice. So if you could reach out to Trish at 715-533-4402 and... Get some more interest in that dairy judging, and they'll give you a lot of lessons up there. And there's the Youth Turkey Hunt is this weekend. So Saturday and Sunday, find out more at your DNR. The Wisconsin Bankers Association is having their annual Agriculture Banking Conference today and tomorrow in Wisconsin Dells. So they're going to learn a whole lot more about ag banking. And if you're hungry... On Saturday, head on down to the Hale Fire Station in Pleasantville. They're having a charcoal chicken hot dog and pulled pork dinner starting at 4 o'clock until gone. And they're going to be uh, a dance after at the end. And it's put on by the Pleasantville Women's Club. Polka dance. It looks like they're going to have a polka band there, aren't they? 
Yep, Friends Polka Band. All right, so that's Saturday night down at the Hill Fire Department down in Pleasantville, down there by Osseo. Quarter to six at Wax. We've got markets to get to. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We need to head on up to Equity Baron and hear from Brittany about the markets. As for fed cattle, our high-yielding choice Holstein steers sold 135 to 145. Choice Holstein steers sold 125 to 134, and unfinished steers and heifers were 124 and down. As for cull cows, the top 20% sold from 92 to $1, topping at $1.01. 60% sold from 61 to 91, and the bottom 20% sold 60 and down. As for our cull bulls, they sold from 90 to $1.06, with thin, full, and bulls over one ton discounted. Our feeder cattle, the beef feeder steers, sold 145 to 156, and beef feeder heifers were 120 to 132. We have a back-to-the-farm sale this Saturday starting at 10 a.m. where we will have sheep, goats, chickens, bunnies, feeder cattle, alpacas, donkeys, and even some miniature horses and much, much more. If you would like to consign any animals to this sale, please contact Al at 715-537-5618. Again, that's this Saturday at 10 a.m. and we'll have about just anything you're looking for. Thank you and have a great day. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's about 12 minutes before 6 o'clock. 61 degrees out there, and it's high time to head on down to Sparta Equity and hear what Hot Eamon has. Fed cattle selling steady to stronger today with the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers 173 to 182. Choice and Select Beef Steers and Heifers 158 to 172. The Beef and Dairy Cross Steers 150 to 170. The Highland Choice Holstein Steers 147 to 155. The Choice and Select Holstein Steers 136 to 146. With the unfinished steers, heifers and heavy steers 135 and down. Cow market steady with the Highland cows 95 to 110. The cutters and utilities 79 to 94. With a low yielding and canter cows 78 cents and down. Bull market steady, most bulls bringing 95 to 110 with the thin, full and bulls over a ton discounted at 94 cents and down. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Monday, April 17th, starting at 12.30 with sheep and goats, followed by hogs, calves, fed cattle, bulls, and cows. This is Hot Aiming to Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Charlie Fitzgerald joins us now from the Equity Stratford sale barn. And I would imagine you had a tank top on yesterday and shorts and sandals. Well, let's not go that far. No, I didn't have shorts (laughs) and sandals on, but I did have a t-shirt on trying to get the trying to get the yard cleaned up, but we were we were talking off air here about uh, with this new pitch clock rule here. Now, if you go to ball game now, you can get beer into the eighth inning, you know. So. Yeah, they used to cut it off, but uh, that was one of the things people are concerned about. How are they going to make enough money with their overpriced concessions at all these stadiums now when they're going to have a shorter games? But uh, well, they'll figure it out. They're not going to lose money, that's for sure. Well, I'll I tell you I what. What's that? I don't know if that includes Bud Light, though. <laughs> uh, I'm not going there. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's get to the markets where the where the yeah. prices are also pretty darn good right now. Yes, they are. We better get and do business here. Forget about the foolishness. Anyway, uh, 
Bob, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday of a very busy Wednesday here yesterday at Equity Stratford. Nice run of feeder cattle again yesterday. Feeder cattle continue to be in good demand. Lighter weight beef steers yesterday, uh, mostly selling from 160 to 205. Your middleweight beef uh, steers yesterday, kind of those 48 weights from, from 140 to 192. Heavier short-term cattle from 130 to 151. Lighter weight beef heifers, uh, mostly from $1.40 to $1.90. A dollar forty to a dollar ninety-five. Middleweight beef heifers one thirty-five to one ninety-five. Short-term uh, heifers uh, one twenty to one seventy-one. Holstein steers yesterday. Lightweight Holsteins from one forty to one ninety. And about all the rest of the Holsteins, all weights from a dollar five to a dollar sixty. Now I'll talk about the market auction yesterday. Cows continue to be in good demand. Uh, High-yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows yesterday ninety-three up to one hundred six. Most of the cows so far this week selling from 72 to 92. Thinner cows like carcass cows, those are below 70. On the bull trade, your better quality bulls are at 97 up to 115. Lighter bulls, 95 and below. On the uh, fed cattle trade, uh, choice grading Holstein steers, mostly from 135 to 145. Select steers under finished cattle, 130 and back. Calves continue to be very strong. Holstein bull calves, 150 to 300. Uh, Extreme top this week so far in the bull calves at 370. Good demand on the heifer calves or better demand anyway than in recent weeks. Mostly 80 to 150, up to 180 on Monday. And those beef calves, very strong, 300 to 500. We are at Thursday. Our auctions this morning does start at 11 o'clock. Market auction today featuring cows, of course. Fed cattle, bulls, baby calves. We'll get to those about uh, after dinner here this afternoon. So... Keep in mind, our next dairy auction here in Stratford will be April 18th. That will be next Tuesday. We do have a complete herd dispersal, 150 head of Holstein milk cows, spring and heifers. A lot of information on our website. A nice herd of cows, so you folks are looking for some good replacement cattle. Next Tuesday here in Stratford, again, 11 a.m. start time. So, Bob, that's what we have this morning. And, uh, well, you know, it wasn't very, not too long ago, we were talking about wind chills, and now we're talking about heat index, and one thing, uh, I can't stress this enough, um, and uh, anybody that's got uh, common sense, folks, don't start fires, just no, not even in your fire pit, no fires, there's a very high danger, and I was reading or listening before when Morgan was talking about a controlled burn, who would start a controlled burn in this kind of weather, man? I know it, I know it, not very smart, yeah, it's uh, dry out there, the grass is not green yet, it's still brown, so... Yeah, common sense, but, uh, you know, the one thing that's not very common is common sense. Hey, you have a good one. Stay cool. We'll uh, talk to you later. Yep, and it's okay to take the convertible out, Bob. That's oh, absolutely, okay. absolutely. We'll do her, that's for sure. Good weather for the convertible. And our market is brought to you by Synergy Cooperative in Ridgeland. Get over there. Take a look at those tractors. And the Board of Trade is where we start. Following yesterday's, or following that USDA report earlier this week, traders are still digesting numbers, and they did take the markets a little higher yesterday. And overnight, July corn, another fraction higher, sitting at 628 this morning. The oats at 332. July wheat down 3 cents, 683. Soybeans for July up 8 at 1480. And meal up $3 a ton at $460.40. At the country elevators. Northside elevator loyal location corns at 621 with soybeans at 1458. At Arcadia, the corn's at 617 with soybeans at 1463. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville locations. 
Corn's at 607 with beans at 1455. And on our DTM screen, corn at Golden Plump today is 617. Baldwin, 613 with the beans at 1454. Durand has corn at 610, beans 1449. Mondovi and Elmwood, 615 on the corn. The beans at Mondovi, 1454. Elmwood, 1459. 605 for the corn at Fall Creek, 1429 on the beans. 620 at Osseo on the corn, 1459 for the soybeans. Elk Mound, 598 for corn, 1455 for the soybeans. 607 the corn price in Sparta. Fourteen fifty one for the beans. Ellsworth six dollars even for corn. Fourteen twenty eight on the beans. Boyceville at the ethanol plant there six thirty three on the corn. Stanley at six eighteen. New Richmond six thirteen. Cheese prices both barrels and blocks down three quarters of a cent yesterday. Barrels one fifty eight. The blocks one seventy eight and a quarter. Butter was up two and a half cents at two thirty seven and a half. Class three higher yesterday. April up four at eighteen sixty six. May back over eighteen dollars, up thirty three cents at eighteen twenty four. June up twenty three at eighteen thirty eight. July up seventeen at eighteen eighty five. August up fifteen at nineteen twenty five. Prices were higher through February. Record setting day yesterday. Maybe another one today. We're going to get eighty two in sunshine. Enjoy it and eighty one on Friday. And then it's going to go the other direction. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.